Icon, the pride of the pilgrims, the most honest man in all of podcasting, Hollywood, Jackie Positive, and a damn handsome man. Flying solo tonight, interest playing pocket pool or pinball with like somebody he met on like Craigslist, and uh, Juju B's watching Jeopardy, and Clinton just. He, at least he didn't come up with an excuse. You know, he didn't make something up. He just he just refuses to do the show with me. So my last show here for a little while, because I'll be headed to Texas next week, going to Corpus Christi for South Texas Underground Film Festival. Uh, my, my short film, Umbilicus Desidero, will be screening there, and I will be... Uh, interviewing and covering the event. It's going to be a good time. Uh, I'll be back in February for a little bit, just probably a show or two. Then I'm off to film my next feature film, the first film that I'm producing. And then I believe I'm off to Chicago. But uh, probably uh, I would think, well, no, I think March... March, I might be, I might be going to something. I don't know, but in the coming, in the, in the next few months, uh, I'll be on here sporadically, but I will never leave the Headyverse. I just have a lot of things going on. It's a very exciting time for Jackie positive Jackie Jones here, but my heart is always here with the Headyverse and I will never leave the Headyverse, but I will say this. I've kind of left wrestling. I didn't watch the last pay-per-view. What was that? Like extreme, extreme stuff. I didn't see that one. And then I never caught up with it. I mean, that I can't remember a time. See, I, the first pay-per-view I ever watched live was WrestleMania 2. 
we bought it on pay-per-view. Some people uh, will say that it wasn't on pay-per-view, but they lie. Well, they don't lie. They're probably just mistaken or dumb. But they're wrong. They're, they're factually wrong. Uh, we rented it on a pay-per-view. And I watched every pay-per-view since then, at least the, the WWF, uh, NWA, WCW, ECW. And then every once in a while, you know, some other bullshit. Watch every pay-per-view live. And, like, if the cable would mess up or something like that, I would eventually, you know, get it somehow. It sucked on the early ones. I remember there maybe, I think it was Chai Town Rumble, something like that. Uh, I, uh, the cable messed up and then it was hard to get. Cause it's not like today where you could just reorder it or watch it, you know, on, uh, some other method or get a network. It's like, well, if I don't see it live, you gotta wait for the home release. And that's probably like a year. And then it's like, uh, it's like $90 if you can even get anywhere. So anyway, the point is back in the day, if I miss a pay-per-view, I would, either watch it immediately when possible, or I'd be very upset. This time I missed the pay-per-view and I did not care. Couldn't care less about it. I didn't look up who won, what happened. I just couldn't care. And, um, you know, I don't watch SmackDown. I don't watch, um, impact. I don't watch, um, NXT. I'm sure NXT I would enjoy. I'll say that. I do look forward to AEW every Wednesday. Now I don't like to be a guy who comes on here and says back in my day, or, you know, uh, I hate all current wrestling, all this stuff. My thing is, if I don't like it, I'm just not going to watch it. So, unfortunately, I don't really like a lot of this stuff. And it's not even that I hate it, necessarily. I don't have... I'm not invested in it. So, it, it it's really bad that wrestling would get to a point where it does not entice me to watch it. Even with the show. It's just like... For the last few years, a lot of it was like, I got to keep up with this stuff for the show. And then after a while, it's like, I just don't want to watch it. And it's bad. It's sad. Like, uh, I came home and then last night and I was home for a while and I realized, oh yeah, Raw's on. So I watched like the last uh, 15 minutes of it or so. But the, the days of me, like, you know, making sure I recorded something or DVR'd it now or, Somehow, by hook or by crook, I would watch it or long gone. And, you know, that's unfortunate because uh, I'm a lifelong uh, wrestling fan. But again, I don't want to be one of those guys who just comes on here and hates everything because th that gets on my nerves. So if I don't like it, I'm just not going to watch it. I'm not going to hate watch stuff. I'm not going to watch stuff that I despise and then like, or not even despise, but watch stuff I don't care about. And then uh, drive myself crazy or, or just talk about a constant. That's not going to do that. So what do you do? Normally, I have a co-host here and we could do and we can uh, talk about stuff. I can pretend I watch something and we'll have callers call into the show. And, and it, it's a good time. But tonight, no one will be here. They're like, I do not want to be around that guy. He's too positive. Uh, I, he sh I just don't like him. Uh, Juju B thinks I'm not funny anymore since I lost weight. Uh, they've like, uh, weight loss shame me. Uh, president Clinton's like, he doesn't look like a fun guy anymore. I don't know. But anyway, so I've asked the people on the Headyverse Facebook page, not the one that says Headyverse cause no one's there. Go to facebook.com slash group slash IY wrestling. And this is a good way to keep up with the show and all the happenings go there every week. Every single week, 
unless someone doesn't do it. There will be a thread that says, you know, post questions for the show. You can go there, send questions, and I, I'll ask every one of them, no matter how bullshit they are. Hopefully, you you know, there'll be one or two good ones in a garden of weeds. But there'll be stuff there. You ask me anything tonight. Ask me about old wrestling, current wrestling. Ask about history of In Your Head. Whatever you want. About the, the life of Jack. Whatever it is. I'm an open book. Most honest man in podcasting. Ask away. I'll answer it. If for some reason you are anti-social media, send me an email at iyhwrestling at gmail.com, and I will also answer the question. You know, I even tried to get um, the young boy there, fucking Mitten, and he he wouldn't do it either. I don't know. It's like even my young boys are turning on here. What's going on? Uh, go to iyhwrestling.com right now and click on the chat room. Join us here in the chat, and you can, you can post questions in there. So I'm going to answer as many questions as come in. The one thing I do want to talk about, though, and that is Tessa Blanchard. Now, I don't know a lot about her. Anytime I've seen her, I've enjoyed what I've seen. She seems like a good wrestler and believable. So all these people are tweeting. I guess how it started was she tweeted like, uh, you know, all the women out there, they should, they should, uh, you know, love one another or support each other. And then people are like, what the hell you hypocrite? You've, you're like a backstabber and you've done all these heinous acts. So I don't know if any of these things are true, but I tend to believe them when it's a plethora of people and they all have a similar story. Somehow I think there's something to that. I've also always wondered why Tessa Blanchard was never in WWE. I know she was a brief part in WWE in the in the NXT you know uh, tournament, so don't give me that bullshit. But she hasn't been there a full time basis on the main show, or you know an NXT contract, and she's never been AEW. I've always wondered why. And now that I've uh, heard this, I kind of like, well, maybe there's something there. Maybe there's something to this. This would explain why she hasn't been. And then there was this audio of a video. So someone ripped the audio off of a supposed video where um, someone who was uh, who pay, was a, a Patreon of her Patreon. How do you say it? A patron of her Patreon was uh, uh, apparently paid her. I assume paid her um, to, to watch her take a shit. And if you listen to the audio, which I did to be a journalist here on the show, um, you she's talking to someone who's supposedly watching her, you know, defecate. And she's like, oh, yeah, you're a dirty boy. You're a dirty, filthy guy. Maybe you probably want to stick your dick in the shit and jack off with it. I mean, it's most likely it's an in-your-head listener. I mean, let's be honest. It's probably uh, could be the, the, the late, um, you know, Jimmy Jam. God rest his soul. We miss you, Jimmy Jam. Uh, it could be the song, man. I saw him posting a picture of it. Maybe we're going to get the Interhead detect detective to find out which, which Hediverse member. It could be our very own One Inch Biceps. Um, there's a lot of things going around lately, and uh, it's really like building up steam. I'm, it started with the Brown Bomber. He's from West Virginia. Um, then they hire a, an OIB lookalike to play Richard Jewell, and apparently he's like clenching, and clenching his butt cheeks and, and almost pooping himself. And now this thing with Tessa Blanchard. And it makes me wonder 
if much like uh, Joker in the in the modern movie, when he starts to, he starts to build this uprising, and and all the people are like, you know, there's this movement here by this crazy clown. So they start putting on you know uh, clown uh, masks and going out there and uh, committing you know mayhem, and then the whole world burns. Well, Gotham burns. Is Incher, our very own Incher, the Joker, is he causing a poop uprise? Uh, is the Hediverse spread? It's like the it's like Fight Club. It's out there. And for their Messiah, the king of all the marks, are they trying to burn the world down through poop? Or is someone out there trying to frame Incher? It's got to be one of the two. Can't be coincidence. I think that's clear. There is either a poop uh, conspiracy or a secret uprising of the intra poop clan. We'll have to um, get onto this. So, is this true or not? I have no idea. I saw Mike Terry say that it was uh, debunked, that it's like a 4chan. I don't know what 4chan is. 4chan, the letter 4, I mean, the number 4. Chan, I have no idea what this is. He says it's like a troll on 4chan. I have no idea. I don't know. I have no clue. No idea. But I think if, if you actually had the video, unless he didn't know how to record the video, he probably would have released the video, which would have been more proof than uh, than just audio. But uh, it is hilarious, I will say, to listen to. If you can get by, like, farting noises. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not big into the farts. But uh, the audio itself, it, it, it did amuse me. So uh, that led, well, I don't think that really led to it. I believe they were they were building this up for a while. I don't watch uh, Impact, but Fincher was here to explain it, uh, where she beat Sammy Callahan for the world title. I'm not a fan of intergender matches. I don't really, I just don't like them. And some people I know, like Aul will say I'm woke, but the I don't like uh, I don't like the man and woman violence. Uh, I just, I just don't really, it doesn't fill me with pleasure to watch, you know, this dude like punching a woman in the face and I know it's not real. Don't get on. I understand that. I'm not saying if you like the intergender matches that you like to see, you know, women get beat. I'm not, I'm also not saying you don't because there probably are, there probably is an audience that that's why they like it. I just don't like it. I don't think it, I don't think it's believable. I don't think it helps anyone. Uh, cause what do you do? Either the, the, the guy beats a woman that's like, wow, whoop de doo or, or like your supposed tough guy gets beat by a woman. He looks like a total nothing. Don't, not a fan. Not a fan. All right. So, so she's the champ now. Now people are like, Oh, why would you put the belt on her now? But, but, but from what I understand, I will, I will defend impact on this is uh, I'm sure that they had this, in, but wasn't like, oh man, look, there's a poop audio of uh, Tess out there and people are saying she called someone the N-word. Oh, let's put the belt on her. I really doubt that is what happened. All right, but if this audio is real, look, I understand doing stuff for money, okay? But there are limits. Uh, letting someone watch you take a shit and, uh, you know, and, and talk about like sending them like a, a bag of poop. And I mean, that's, that's a pig, that's pig behavior. So, uh, would not condone that. And, and obviously the guy, you know, into this, uh, 
He's pretty cool. No, he's he's just a, a dirty, dirty man. So I don't know how much insure, you know. Oh, well, I don't know if it's insure. I've heard rumors it could be insure. But if it is insure, I do want him to know not to be ashamed. Everyone has their own deal. So anyway, so I was thinking about Tessa, and they were like, uh, you know, apparently she's like a bitch, these people, an asshole. And then it made me think, her dad, Tully, is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Why is that? Well, he, he was a good technical wrestler. He really was. He's a good talker and all these things. But there was something inherent about him that really struck a chord with me, especially in my younger days. And that was he was an asshole. Like, you could just look at him and he'd be like, this guy's an asshole. Like, there's no way he could be a babyface, Tully Blanchard. He was, he was a hateable asshole. And so when he wrestled, like, you wanted to see him get beat. You wanted to see the baby face beat this man up. Now, long before it was cool to like the, the heels, I was the, the big heel fan as a kid. And I love this. I love this about Tully Blanchard. I was like, hell yeah, fucking Tully Blanchard. I personally like Tully Blanchard more than Ric Flair. Not that I didn't love Ric Flair. I was I loved the horseman. But there was something about Tully Blanchard that really struck home with, with a young Jackie Jones. And that was he's an asshole. So it made me think there was a lot of assholes that I liked in, uh, and I don't mean like, uh, like legit, like I don't not, I don't mean like literal assholes. Like today you'll see a lot of, um, assholes out there, like leak tapes. I'm not saying the actual butthole. I mean, you know, like this guy's an asshole. This guy's a dick. Uh, so I started to go with, make a list. I was like, my favorite assholes in wrestling. Now. People will say like Ken Anderson because he called himself an asshole, but I say he was asshole in name only. I see Ken Anderson. I actually like Ken Anderson, Mr. Anderson, Mr. Kennedy, whatever you call him, but I do not get a legit asshole vibe from him. He was a kayfabe asshole. I think he's a nice dude, not an asshole. So he does not make the list. There was, there's a few other here. I wanted to mention a uh, Sabu. I think might be a legit asshole, but his character did not portray that. So I'm, he's not going to go on my list. Even though I like, I like Sabu on, uh, on the Twitter. RKO is similar to that where I love him on the Twitter. He comes off like a real asshole and on TV, like a real asshole, but I'm not, he, he's in the exception to the rule. Cause I'm not a big Randy Orton fan. I think he's good, but he's over overexposed. So if you overexpose the asshole, they're going off my list. So, so no Randy. Abdul, the butcher I met in person, very much an asshole. I also was an Abdul, the fan as a kid, but again, much like Sabu, the character on TV, not really an asshole. It's more of just a madman. So he's not going on my list. Sean Michaels is a hard one here. Sean Michaels, definitely an asshole in the nineties. Sean Michaels, post rockers, and pre his religious comeback asshole. So he, you, I think he would fit only as a heel. So th there's like a real short window there for Shawn Michaels. So he's not going right on my list, but I will give him audible mention. Now on to the people that I think are legit assholes. And I'm a big fan of MJF. Now I'm, uh, I put him on the list, but I am on the, I'm on the, uh, I don't know if he's a legit asshole. He does a great job coming off as one and I give him kudos and respect 
for keeping up the asshole persona while doing autographs and, and appearances. He'll he he'll ask for more money than anyone else on the card and act like he doesn't care during uh, during photo ops. So maybe not a legit asshole, but he he is. Maybe he's even fooled me. So he's on the list, and I very much in, enjoy his asshole behavior on the television. And one of the few guys that can actually get booed today. So MJF is going on my list of amazing assholes in wrestling. Another one of these are the two that I'm a little borderline on. Stan the Lariat Hansen. Now, he came off like a total asshole on, on TV, spitting tobacco and stuff. And then I thought, well, I met the man, and he seems like a nice guy. But then I thought, he's also old now. Sometimes if you're an asshole and you get old, you know, you lose some of that. Because, like, I think I was probably an asshole up until, like, a year ago. And now, now I think I'm a great guy. I know Intra would disagree, but things happen in your life, and you look at things differently. But I think while he was in wrestling, he was an asshole. And for proof of that, he ran over wor- the world title. That's an ass. That's asshole behavior there. So Stan Lariat asshole. Stan Lariat asshole. Stan Lariat Hansen, an amazing asshole of wrestling. Enzo Amore. I love this guy. Enzo Amore. He came out there with his catchphrases. Charisma up the ass. Out the ass. Just fucking blowing it everywhere. He came off like a legit star and came off like a total asshole. And from what I understand, anything he ever says, like outside of wrestling, he's so much of an asshole. He can't be hired today, even though he has so much heat and is such a good talker, has tons of charisma because he's a legit asshole. And we live in an era now where you can't be a legit asshole because the internet will know it and then fans will not like you because of your real life personality. It's a weird, it's a weird world. He's actually so much of an asshole that he gets, he gets legit heat, not only with fans, but with wrestlers. So in a way he should even be higher, but, but much like, uh, Meltzer's, um, when he's putting people in the hall of fame, he might not have the asshole longevity, but I do ask the question, if you ruin your career because you're an asshole, does that make you even a better asshole? Hmm. So many things to think about. Another asshole is a huge fan of private, maybe the king of asshole promos within wrestling. I don't mean outside of wrestling. Some of the, some of like the filthiest stuff I ever heard on a wrestling show is this stuff in ECW. And uh, I love the man. Some people, a lot of wrestlers even say he's an asshole, which I believe cost him some some runs in the WWE. And that is Bully Ray. Amazing asshole of wrestling, Bully Ray. The next guy, now I just got to talk about Enzo, how being such an asshole, even though you have a lot of heat and charisma and promobility, can keep you actually out of work today. This guy's the exception to that rule because he is such an asshole, but he is so over and the fans love him so much that wrestling companies would overlook it today. He's been offered big money. He's even come back now, not even a WWE, but some bullshit show on Wednesday nights. That is CM Punk. CM Punk is uh, a total asshole, but very talented. 
which I do think uh, if you combine an, a- the, uh, an asshole and talent, you really, you really, um, really going somewhere. All right. So this brings me to my top three assholes of all time in wrestling. Now I'm going with number three, even though he's my personal favorite wrestler of all time. The only reason he's three and not higher is I also believe he was a good guy in later in life. And he also had baby face runs where these other two may have, but I can never believe him as baby faces. And that is rowdy Roddy Piper. Amazing. He is, uh, my favorite wrestler of all time. Naughty. He is so good. I didn't care that he sucked and I love Piper. So I'm just going to admit he was not a good wrestler at all. Uh, he had like a handful of matches. I would call decent. One of them is not even a couple of them aren't even really matches. Tell him and, uh, Greg Damer Valentine, uh, the dog collar match, not necessarily a, a technical, not definitely not a technical wrestling match, but, but a great, uh, visual, great visuals, a lot of drama. His uh, Hollywood bra with Dustin Rhodes is really all smoke and mirrors, but it's very enjoyable. The only match I can really think of that is legit good with Roddy Piper was his match with Bret Hart. And a lot of it, hey, let's face it, is Bret Hart. But Roddy Piper, great asshole. When he was a heel, there's no one better. Nobody. No one was better than heel Roddy Piper. As he said himself, uh, Hulk Hogan wouldn't have been Hulk Hogan without, without the heel Piper. I agree. I believe that. Now, um, Hulk Hogan is still huge. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he owes it all to Piper, but it really added a lot. You need, you need the, the heel. You need the, the villain. My number two is a guy that actually I kind of disliked for a while when I was a kid when he was in the AWA. But then I saw the greatness. I was like, oh, he was so much of an asshole. He fooled me into not liking him. But now I get it. He is the man. And that is Larry Zabisco. Larry Zabisco, a wonderful asshole and a great, the man fooled the world into thinking he's a legend. I'm not saying he's a bum by any means, a living legend, mm, not so much Larry, but he had so much confidence when he would just stand there and bold face lie to the world and call himself the living legend. People are just like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, Larry Zabisco, the living legend. We have a Sandman here saying Ole Anderson. That is a good pick, I have to say. One I did not think about, but definitely belongs on this list would be Ole Anderson. I'll, I'll make up an excuse as why he's not onto my list is because he's a little before my day. I only saw the tail end of Ole Anderson as a wrestler. But definitely a great asshole. Came off like a real asshole. He did have that babyface run, but who the fuck believed that? No one went, No one's going to cheer Ole Anderson. And to this day, I could tell. People have like this sixth sense, you know, if you, and I think because I'm a, especially a fellow asshole, I could tell I was there at the at Fan Fest in the, in the hotel room, eye to eye with the man, and I, he could give me that little wink, and I was like, oh, yeah, he's an asshole, but... But he knows it, and he's also in on the joke. A lot of what he said was jokes. I stand by that. Ole Anderson. That's a good call. We'll, we'll add him to this. But I already mentioned him. The greatest asshole of all time. Tully Blanchard. I, there's no way I can believe this guy is a babyface. 
he is just you look at the guy you want he's the perfect heel he's not he's not a big guy but yet he's not so small that you couldn't buy him beating someone and then it would make you angry when he would beat somebody god damn he was good i remember there was um and his best stuff definitely not in wwf by any means but there was a um survivor series and he gets in the ring he gets tagged in he does his little strut you're like oh man these baby faces beat his ass and he immediately tagged out that was fucking money money amazing just an amazing guy tully blanchard great feuds with uh my favorite finisher of all time the shard of the chair magnum ta is going to drive in his eye magnum and magnum doesn't even give up and magnum to this day will say i didn't say i quit and that's like that's some asshole stuff right there because like they're openly talking about what wrestling is, but he won't even, he won't get mag. He won't give Magnum that, that little bit. That, hey, you beat me in this, uh, you know, predetermined match. No, I didn't really say I quit. I just said, yes. Like, Hell yeah. That's fucking sweet. Tully Blanchard, the, the, the epitome of asshole, the epitome of wrestling asshole, Tully Blanchard. I love the man. So for that reason, I can't hate Tessa Blanchard. Maybe maybe she's a maybe she's an asshole too. I don't know, but yeah, maybe she makes videos of stuff coming. I don't know. I don't. I I, I want to know. I probably don't believe it, but it makes me laugh the bit the audio. So what the fuck? All right. Well, I killed some time. What else we got here? Uh, ah, now see, I don't agree with this one. Biggest asshole's got to be Benoit. Definitely not. That's just a psychopathic killer, not necessarily an asshole. Um, Brian Knobs, eh. he's like a lovable asshole though. Like you look at him, you're like, oh man. Or do you just mean maybe he's giant asshole? Well, that could be. Like, is he's literally the biggest asshole? I mean, part of it is he's one of the only wrestlers I've seen their asshole. Like. Have you seen, like, how many wrestlers can you name you've seen, like, their gaping asshole? Ho- uh, hopefully not many. Or hopefully many. I don't know. Depending on whatever you're into. I mean, I don't judge. I uh, don't. Yeah, Alonzo says uh, uh, Mick Foley, honorable mention. But the thing is, Mick Foley as a wrestler was, like, this lovable loser. So he does not fit the criteria. Um uh, See, uh, Patterson says if a pipe. Oh, Piper. I'm sorry, Piper. <laughs> All right, so there we go. All right. Well, if you have any other um, thoughts on that, send them in. Let's go to these questions here. I haven't watched any wrestling. I'm sorry. Who would win in a fight? This is from Dobbs Maya. Who would win in a fight between you and the sloth man, Jason Mitten? So for people unaware, Jason Mitten, my young boy, Mitten, my man, Mitten, he loves sloths. Now, I don't mean, uh, hey, guys, from Goonies. I mean the animal sloth. Now, I think he sees it as his spirit animal because he's a very slow individual. And I don't mean like he's like mentally slow, like he's handicapped or on the spectrum. Because he's not. He's a pretty bright guy. He writes stuff. You know, he can, he can read. So he's a smart man. And I don't mean he's like really ponderous, like he's got some kind of, you know, problem, but he just takes life slow and easy. 
just walking at his own pace, living life at his own pace. Now, a lot of that is just the Southern style. When you talk to someone from the South, they're, let's take it slow and easy. But he's like tortoise-like. He's just like, slow and steady wins the race. Just taking it at the mitten pace. Just down. And uh, so, yeah, he's, he's sloth-like. He's also cute. Sloths are cute. And apparently sloths do uh, do poop dances before they poop. They they dance around. So so all these things. And I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not you know telling stories out of tales tales out of whatever however the story goes. I totally ruined that. But out of school, not telling tales out of school. But Jason himself has admitted this. That's how I know it. He loves the sloths. So. Who would win between the fight? I don't see Mitten as a fighter. I have, to, I have to admit, he's a slow man. I think he's a lover, not a fighter. I think he's a very, I think he's just very docile. I think he, I think if someone started fighting him, I don't think he'd even fight back. I think he would just sit there and take it. And he'd just be like, why are you doing this? Can't we just be friends? I, th- I don't, I don't, yeah. That's how I see it. Huh? I just do not see him fighting. So I think I'd whoop his ass pretty much is what I'm saying. And not, not out of my own toughness. It would just be like, cause he wouldn't fight back. He'd just lay there and I'd just beat the man. And I would probably feel bad. I'd start, start crying. But that's the way it is. Uh, Al Wolf says I did my part. Well, there you go. Al Wolf. He's a good man. Al Wolf. Uh, Dobbs Dean Maya. How sexy do you feel in your slim, skinny fit jeans? You know what? So I tried these on actually originally as a lark, as a joke, uh, as to troll Mike Terry to send him pictures. So I tried on the skinny jeans, which I later found out the ones I originally bought were, were slim fit. But I did actually buy a pair of, of legit uh, skinny jeans. And I have to admit, I like them. I like the skinny jeans. They fit well. Uh... They're, they're um, stretchy material, and I dig them. I dig them. Show off the package. Yeah, let's see here. Uh, Dobbs, Dean, Maya. What's Robert Scar up to these days? Owl says banging the kids. Robbie Scar replies, nope, I'm banging your mom. Whoa, Nelly. Dobbs replies, Robbie Scar, is that the real Robbie cursing people's moms? Alves says, nah, my mom isn't an eight-year-old boy. Whoa, boom. Owl adds, he's no longer Mormon and he's off his meds. Owl, Robbie Scar says, go fuck yourself. Anyone who accuses me of being a child molester is the same as attempted murder. Does that mean if you accuse someone of that, which I don't, I don't, uh, I don't think is cool. It's a not your, you're not cool award. You should not, uh, accuse people of, you know, banging children unless you think they do. But does that mean if you accuse someone, it's the same as trying to murder them? I don't understand, but. Uh, you're so lucky we don't live close by or we would throw down. So Robbie is challenging Owl to a fight here, right on the In Your Head group. Owl says, I would throw your punk ass down. Robbie Scar adds, I bet your mom is wrinkly and a cougar and she really wants, wants me more. <laughs> Owl bads, I could say something really fucked up, but I don't want to go to people's families. Dob says, heal, Robbie. Owl also doesn't change the fact that you're closeted homo pedo. 
getting like heated here. Robbie adds, ah, rah. I'm not actually. You're a lying bitch. And if I knew where you were, I'd have you served with the lawsuit papers, lawyer papers from Robbie, because that is slanderous and a lie. It's not only slander, it's a lie as well. Your wrinkly old mother must be so proud. Now, you are really tempting me to make this joke. So make a PG version of it if there's a probable reason you are so obsessed with my mom. There's probably a reason you're so obsessed with my mom. Neil, this guy Neil replies, would anyone donate to a GoFundMe to get the Owl Brawby Scar shoot fight together? Dobbs replies, he's dead, which it is. That's what kids say now. Like if you're dying laughing, you've are, if you go all the way, you're just dead. Owl, to be honest, he has a better chance of beating me than Intra does. Whoa. Throwing some shade on the inch man. But I'm sure his cat will also get diabetes if this is a go. I don't. I do think Robbie would go through with the fight if this happens. Alob says I think he might shoot everyone at the venue. So that's a possibility too. But uh, hopefully they'll make up because I want everyone in the Headyverse to be friends. Uh, Vic Schiavone. See, everything's good after I set up. Vic Schiavone. Does the Jackie Jones rule that if something is funny, then it will be accepted? To be true, apply to the Ledger Tessa audio tape. Huh, let me think about that. Yep, yep, very true. Good call, Vic. Dobbs, Dean, Mia, how about a heady intervention for Robert? Heal the scar. Owl says a roast would be better. I thought about doing roast on the show, but ultimately I think it would be a terrible idea. I think people would get uh, legit hurt, and we'd have crying and... It would just be, it would be sad. Be sad times. Nikhil, do you keep in contact with Casper from the old uh, In Your Head uh, message board? I'm actually friends with him on uh, Facebook. I don't talk uh, very often, but I do see him posting. Do you prefer WWE Velocity or Heat? Huh. I guess I'd be a Heat man. Nikhil, how did In Your Head come about? All right. Let's go down memory lane here. So it's back in the day. We were on the Get in the Ring message board. Get in the Ring was a uh, terrestrial radio show, which meant it was on the actual radio back when that existed, out of, uh, I believe, Long Island, somewhere in New York. Sir Adam and the Phantom. And so this was pre-podcast days. So the uh, the wrestling shows online were primarily ones that were on real radio that also started to stream their content or you know put up their their uh, archives uh, on this new internet thing to to uh, to gain a new audience. And one of those was getting the ring. It was my personal favorite. I, when I first got online, I was um, huge fan of getting the ring and uh, the old Iada show with uh, Dave Meltzer. I mean, there were some other ones between the ropes. It was good. And so, anyway, so that they were on Audio Wrestling, AudioWrestling.com, along with um, Monday Night Mayhem and possibly WrestleTalk Radio was on then. And, and they might have came just a little bit later. And um, I don't know. But those were the big ones. 
Wrestling News Live. I'm sorry. I was skipping that. Wrestling News Live. But actually, I don't even think originally when we joined, it was just getting the ring. It was just getting the ring. And then those other ones were, were added. Um, so we were part of the getting the ring, getting the roost. Probably it was just getting the ring at the time. And so we were all big fans of getting the ring. And getting the ring, this was you know, during their dying days, honestly. And so they would go on hiatus a lot. And the hiatus would last months. And so, you know, we still were friends and wanted to talk, but there was no new show. So uh, we bat around the idea of we were going to do a, um, a Yahoo chat, you know, text chat to everyone to get together and talk about, you know, the glory days of getting the ring. So it was me. I was jacking off at the time. Uh, I wasn't like literally jacking off. I was, the name was jacking off. And, um, the only person who showed up besides the two of us was Oro. And at the time there was controversy because Oro was banned from the get in the ring boards. And so for some reason I decided to make this like a, uh, like a, like a talk show, uh, where we're interviewing Oro and, and intro was like my sidekick. He was like Ed McMahon. And then I made Incher, um, transcribe the whole thing. Cause I don't believe you could actually, uh, copy and paste out of, out of the, uh, Yahoo chats for some reason. So he, he wrote down the entire thing. We posted it on the get in the ring board. <coughs> People, uh, found it very funny. <clears throat> so we did, uh, two more after that with, uh, Super Thermotite was a, another fan, and uh, Joe from Tom's River. Uh, Joe from Tom's River was uh, one of the main fans, like ourselves, and I guess co-hosted Get in the Ring at one point in time, along with myself. And uh, so then we decided, we toured around the idea, let's bring this to, uh, to an audio show. And the idea was we would interview wrestling fans. This was, it was to be a mockery. It wasn't, you know, it was a parody of a, of a pre-podcast parody of a wrestling show where we would interview fellow wrestling fans. Uh, so the first show, the first guest was Barbie, Barbie, uh, Barbed Wire. He wasn't Barbie Richards yet, Barbed Wire. Now there's a lot of some controversy here. Who invited him to be part of the actual show? Uh, he told me Incher did. He tells Incher I did. I really think he just started showing up, which hell, what, why not to work? So we did, uh, we did a show with Barbie. That was the first show we recorded the Barbie interview. Cause he's in England at one time. And then intro and I did the, the post show another time. I think we actually did the post show first and then we were trying to get the Barbie interview. So we put that together. The idea then was to do some more, but people were flakes and we never did like other guests in of guests. You know, I remember Casino Man was going to be on and some other people. That never materialized, which thankfully, because that would would have been a short list show. Um, I had a lot of fun doing it. I believe Intra had a lot of fun doing it. And so we posted it, and people liked it. They had a good time. I thought it was funny. So we started to do it as a regular show. I never thought we'd get guests or anything. Uh, I was Jack and off at the time. I uh, started to get guests. I was like, well, why not? Well, these other people get guests. I personally thought, and I do believe you have to have confidence in yourself to succeed, you know, on any level and anything. And I thought, you know, I think I could, uh, I think I could do better interview than, um, than, uh, than a lot of people. I'm not saying the best, but maybe the best. 
podcast. No, I don't. But uh, better than a lot of ones I've I listened to, to be honest. And so we started to send. Uh, well, I started to send uh, people message uh, emails out. I actually asked Sir Adam how how you go about getting a guest, and he said the easiest way is to email people. And so I was like, all right. So I started emailing people. The first people to reply out of a big group of uh, emails I sent out was uh, Paul Bearer, Brian Alvarez, uh, C.W. Anderson, and um, I forget the name of the author. It's an author of uh, wrestling books, which led to the J.J. Dillon interview. Uh, the first guest was uh, C.W. Anderson. Great. Uh, time Paul Bear agreed to do the show, but it, it came a little bit later just due to, to uh, scheduling. And Brian Alvarez, one of the, the first guests, too. Um, CW Anderson, I, I thought did was a good uh interview. Uh, the JJ Dillon interview was really, if, if I'm gonna go back in my mind, the first interview that I really did feel like, oh, I think I'm good at this, this is something I, I could do, and um. I really felt I read his book. I took some notes. I, I was prepared. And not only did I think I asked good questions, I mean, we, we did a good job. Um, I thought it was entertaining, too, which is something I strive to do even at this point is to have something that's uh, you know, hopefully on some level is uh, is educational or whatever, but also entertaining because I, I personally like to be entertained when I listen to an interview, not necessarily like – uh, 60 minutes or I know some people have criticized me and I'm not saying they're wrong. It's just not my personal, uh, uh, style. I don't ask a lot of hard hitting questions, but I don't, I don't bring people on to sat to like, you know, uh, surprise them. I really, people bring, people bring on to have a fun conversation and, uh, that's my personal and stuff that I like to listen to. I don't really don't like to listen to something where someone's getting attacked. And, uh, so I like it. It's something that I would want to listen to. So um, that's how I always looked at the interviews. But yeah, that JJ Dillon one I did feel was was uh, was good, and I thought, you know, all right, let's uh, let's go forward with this. Um, the first interview, which I mean, JJ's a huge name, honestly. But the first one where I was like, wow, I was like, this is uh, this is big because we got Terry Funk on the show because Terry Funk's one of my heroes of wrestling. It's amazing. And so I always remember this. I know I've mentioned this many times, but so Terry Funk's on the show. Great interview. And at that time, I mean, he's done a lot of great interviews, but I remember at that time he did a string of interviews for like Meltzer and different ones that I didn't personally love because they always uh, really focused on like uh, deaths in wrestling and injuries and just like kind of depressing stuff. And it, you, and it was like a very somber Terry Funk interview. And so my goal in that interview was to have an entertaining Terry Funk interview. In my opinion, definitely succeed. I really love that interview. And so we have him on, and uh, Duck Band calls in, the man who does our um, our theme song. And uh, so he's like, hey, this is Duck Band. I got a question for Terry Funk. Is it true you, you fuck Missy Hyde on the Thanksgiving table? And so I'm like thinking in my mind, oh, fuck, Terry Funk. One of my heroes going to hang up on us. He's going to tell everyone because I just, in my mind, I'm like, you know, wrestlers all know each other. You tell everybody else, don't fucking do the show. They get, you know, people call in and sabotage you with these fucking questions about fucking Missy Hyatt. Without missing a beat, Terry Funk goes, no, it was the Christmas table. 
And I knew right then everything was all right in the world. And through the Terry Funk interview, and uh, so th those group of interviews, T.W. Anderson for coming on, the, being the first guy to come on the show. I think Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer, in my mind, and probably to other wrestling fans, it kind of made this show legit because those are the, especially Meltzer for me. Uh, nothing is Alvarez, but Meltzer for me, someone, you know, you grew up reading. It's like, well, this, this legitimizes the show. Uh, JJ Dillon for me, gave me the really big confidence. Like, I think I can also not only do this, but I think I can do it well. And then guys like Gary Hart, Paul Bearer and Terry Funk, not only big names, but legends in wrestling that have great minds, but also will have fun, which to me really, uh, helped mold what in your head would become. And my interview style going forward through in your head, uh, without your head and, uh, you know, anything else I do, I do a lot of interviews now, not so much wrestling, uh, which is odd, but this is the way things worked out. So, uh, I think that's a good, like starting point of, uh, where in your head started, uh, the technical side intro took care of that. I had no idea how to do any of that. Um, so you just want to record the shows and this was before there were websites that, uh, you know, you could just go and either pay money or even free sites that, where you could do your own online, you know, uh, podcast. Um, so he had to figure that out. This was long before, like I'd never heard of Skype. I'm not saying intro, you know, discovered Skype, but he's definitely the guy that, that I first heard about it. And I remember specifically him, him telling other shows to use. He tried to get, get in the ring to use it. And they called us assholes. Uh, Wrestling News Live, I believe it was. Yeah, Wrestling News. Yeah, no, I know for a fact. Wrestling News Live uh, started using Skype through through us. And so, um, you know, that's just the way things worked out. Uh, I was definitely a different guy back then, if I can get real here from it. Uh, I was in my late 20s, uh, an angry guy, an angry man with a lot of angst. Uh, I don't think I would have been able to do the show under my real name. I wouldn't have had the confidence um, even my, uh, my, uh, like established, uh, internet name humongous. Uh, so the, the Jack and off character really was like a troll, an internet troll. And, uh, through using like that different name, you know, I could, it was freeing to do what I wanted to do on, on the show. And I think over, over time, uh, that Jack and off is definitely no longer around. Def I mean, that was, that was like total character and it slowly just became me and me myself has slowly become uh, more like uh, what I've been on the shows and then eventually it's just you know one person but uh, yeah it's a good time it's, uh, it's uh, you know not to get sappy but definitely uh, it's a life changing thing doing doing uh, in your head and maybe some people think well, that's really lame but I mean it's uh, doing it for 15 years a big part of my adult life is doing these podcasts and they've, uh, for me, expanded into other um, avenues and other um, experiences. I've traveled all around the country at, at festivals and conventions. Um, a lot of them bring me in. I don't. I won't do a convention unless they uh, bring me in. Um, and that's not to pat myself on the back. It's just you know what I do. And uh, you have know, covered events through them. I've, I've hosted panels. I've uh, gone overseas uh, to England. You know, at a, at a movie festival. Um. And now a new chapter is, uh, you know, um, is uh, making movies. I mean, I know that they're low-budget independent films, but uh, it's a great experience uh, in, in December, you know, being on set and, uh, and actually being part of it. It wasn't like I was just there covering it 
for the website, I was, you know, actually part of it, uh, producer, co-creator, and um, it had a starring role in the movie. And then the upcoming the movie that I've uh, that I helped uh, create. Um, a lot of the ideas are mine. Uh, my my partner Michael Epstein actually, you know, wrote the the script, but a lot of the ideas in it are mine. Some of the dialogues mine too as well. Uh, and uh, we're going to be um, filming that in uh, in February. It's very exciting. So yeah, through all this stuff, uh, a lot of friendships and built the community. And uh, yeah, so there you go in your head. Thank you. It's good times. Uh, Owl brings up Jack stealing, getting the ring guest book. So that is a story in itself. Was all right. So Joe from Tom's River. He was doing the recap. No, he wasn't doing recaps. I did recap this. So here's another thing I want to add. A lot of people ask me how to get guests and all these things. And I give them, in my opinion, good advice, real advice. Also, big thing people don't think about is once you do these shows, you got to get it out to the world. And uh, a way I got out to the world was I, I will say I paid my dues. I would do the written recaps for getting the ring, which sucked. I hated doing it. Thank you, Vic, when he does ours. Uh, you write out, you know, the transcript of, of the of the show, send it out. In, in, a, in exchange for that, they would write, you know, thanks to whoever. I think that I used humongous name um, of uh, InYourHeadOnline.com. So I would get the uh, the plug in for In Your Head by doing the work for getting the ring. This definitely helped the show. I mean, it got it got the the show out there, especially the time when there wasn't thousands of, of podcasts. It really definitely uh, helped us. So uh, where was I going with there? So anyway, um, Joe from Tom's River for a short period of time was helping get in the ring uh, book guests, and how he would do that was they had a guest list of names and phone numbers, um, for throughout the, I don't know how long they were on. I'm going to say 15. I'm not positive, maybe 12 years, something like that. And so he emailed me that list. I, and like unsolicited, I didn't say, Hey, give me this list. He just emailed it to me. He's like, Hey, you could probably use this. I think he had some kind of falling out with Sir Adam and to try to get back at him. He sent me their master list, which really is not a good thing to do. Never send people's, uh, home addresses, emails, uh, phone numbers out, especially phone numbers without their permission. That's not good. The only guest we ever booked through that, I'll be perfectly honest, was Iron Sheik, which granted is a big guest. But um, I tried a couple people, and honestly, it was just an awkward thing to call someone cold and be like, hey, we do the show. And they're like, well, how'd you get this number? And then I either had to make something up or say this guy sent it to me. So I just didn't feel comfortable doing that. And I don't think it's right. So. Uh, but it, it did it did uh, result in the um, Iron Sheik interview, but it wasn't stolen, and it, uh, I only used it one time. Uh, let's see. Nikhil also wants to know where's the Potato Man. You know what? I don't really know. I know he's uh, periodically on on social media. I don't know when the last time he has, but um, yeah, he used to. Uh, so what happened was people don't know you know uh, our third guy in the show was barbie richards and i'll be honest again i was a young guy uh barbie and i didn't get along real well and i think you could you could tell that on the show which i do think was good for the show looking back um i think it was good you know the arguing was three of us we and um and honestly looking back a lot of it is, is, is a similar personality i think we both 
were kind of, I hate the term alpha and stuff, but we both kind of wanted the spotlight on the show. Both, uh, yeah, honestly, ego driven. Um, it was, it was very similar personalities, which made us clash. Cause you can't have two, like two guys like that on the show. I guess it did work though. I thought I honestly it was good at the same time though. Like we didn't hate each other. Like if someone would attack Barbie, I'd stand up for him and vice versa. So it wasn't like we legit hate each other. It's more like we would, we, tr- we tried to be the, the, the best guy on the show. And that's no knock at Incher. It's just Incher doesn't have that personality. He's not, he wasn't trying to compete with us. He was trying to, you know, be both our, our buddies. Uh, and uh, he's the beta man. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I honestly kidding. Incher's a really good guy. I don't want to put that out there. But uh, we had, you know, it's just it, it was an awkward situation. End up, he left the show. I still not entirely sure why he left the show. I think something more personal in his life. Uh, but he just left, and we had no contact with him, which was upsetting because I didn't want something bad to happen to him. And I knew his real name, but I only knew social media under his. Uh, oh no, I think it is a real name, but I don't know if his any of his family was on there. So it'd be hard to like, I think we even did try to call his mom one time and see if it was okay, but it didn't work out. We didn't, couldn't get in touch. <clears throat> An intro would see him pop up on like some kind of uh, gaming system. But anyway, the long, long story short is uh, he just, he just stopped showing up. There was no final uh, show. I mean, there was a final show, but there was no like farewell Barbie show. Uh, he never came back to the show after he, he uh, resurfaced. Never really apologized either, which, I mean, it's so far long ago now. I, I mean, I'm fine. But at the time, you know, it was like, hey, man, you know, we knew each other for all this time. And you were part of the show we recreated. It's weird that you wouldn't uh, apologize. But I only wanted to think poorly of him. I mean, he was, he was, I talked about being a young guy, but he was like 19 when we started the show, maybe in 18. So definitely all water on the bridge. And I, I wish nothing but, uh, but good for the guy. But I really don't, I don't know what, what he's up to. I don't, I don't socialize with him. Um, it's not like I don't want to. It's uh, I, don't, I don't think we really have a lot in common outside of, uh, you know, that we did the show together. Um, Greg Diener, what team will Jack be rooting for in the new XFL? Well, if there's a Boston team, let's go for them. The Boston, what should the Boston b- team be? The Boston baked beans. That'd be a good one. Boston strong. Good Lord. The XFL Juan Wyatt. Hypothetical. In their prom, do you think a JBL and Barry Windham tag team would have won the titles? Didn't they tag in the in the WWE? Weren't they the new Blackjacks? Um, like I don't know. And Barry Windham's a much better wrestler in his prime, but uh, JBL was a big dude and had that look. So I mean, yeah, why not? Sure. Um, Jonathan Jackson. I think though, if you really did put them together in their pride, J- JBL could have been, maybe could became a better wrestler. And I think having that, but they're both big guys. So it might've made Barry actually look smaller in comparison, which is odd. I don't know, but I think they would have done well. Jonathan Jackson. I haven't watched much wrestling either. Who has all the titles and all the promotions again? Well, that's an easy one. All the champs. <laughs> Jonathan Jackson, if we get to 2,000 questions tonight, will your internet go down as well? The only thing going down when Jackie Jones is around. Or the ladies, if you know what I'm saying. Yep. Jonathan Jackson, has Intra ever spat in any up-and-coming podcaster's face? 
and called them racial slurs. Damn, well, he's calling Al Loeb racial slurs all the time. But um, I don't know if he's an up-and-coming podcast host. No, in all honesty, Intra has always been nice to uh, people who's asked for help. I used to be more the guy that just would not reply. Uh, I'm a kinder, gentler dude now, but I didn't have time for that shit. But he would always try to help. I'll give that for Intra. He would try to help even the established ones, like get the ring, like I was saying. And they would just meet him with, hey, why the fuck are we talking, you asshole? Which I remember really hurt Intra's feelings at the time. Joseph Fargi or Goja. What was the greatest angle in all of wrestling? Good Lord. The greatest thing. NWO. It was fucking awesome. The new, 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 new world or the uh, Hulk Hogan heel turn. It was fucking great. That really kick-started wrestling again. Started the boom period. Steven, now did it have the best ending? No, but the beginning was fucking great. For the first few years, amazing. Steven Butler, do you know how many live wrestling shows you've attended in your lifetime? Uh, probably not as many as you would think. Um, I've been to a bunch, but really, I've, I want to say maybe 20 at the most. Not, I mean, not really not really a lot. Al Ulb, how many times do you think Pat Patterson has watched Lars Sullivan's porn? Huh. I, mean, I, I do recall from his book, doesn't he kind of like to... Uh, not like, how do I say this? He like, would like to like pull ribs on like straight guys. And if he knew that this was a straight dude, like getting his, his, his wiener blue, uh, sucked on, he'd probably love it. But I think he, he'd love it just in a laughing way. I don't think he'd be jerking it or nothing. I think he'd just be watching. He'd say, oh, this is banana. And he'd just be laughing. All right, Dobbs Dine, me, Dean Mia wants to know, I have some. Well, good man. That's a good man, Dobbs. Marty Van Buren, if Liv Morgan were your sister, would you be a pervert? Nah. I don't get this, uh, this whole, is this, I know Clinton has posted this, President Clinton on the, on the Facebooks. This, this, uh, like subgenre of like people who wants to like, Videos of banging their their stepsisters, so I assume there are people out there who really who really into that. I guess it's is it just the taboo? I don't. I it's not one I get. Not one I get. Dorian Doc Patel. Do you think someone from and I guess it was too about Liv Morgan. A lot much better before they recreated her. Much like anything in WWE, like hey, this this person's really good. Let's get behind them and totally take away everything that makes them interesting. By the way, another one here. Well, I do think about it. I did watch Jenna Rob. Last show, last week, Big Show made his return to Ron like two years and really came off like a big deal. At first, I was like, oh, God, the Big Show. But he came off like a big deal. It was really over. I was like, wow, they might have something here. You can have at least like a good run with the Big Show. One last run. What the hell? And immediately the next week, he's beaten and laid out. Totally ruined. Now he's just back to another wrestler. I, it's my, I, that's mind boggling. Dorian Doc Patel, do you think someone from NXT will win the Rumble to main event Mania to get more eyes in the brand? Um, well, I don't think it's working that way this year. I believe whoever wins the Rumble just wins the belt. But that's for the men's. I guess you could do it with Rhea Ripley in the women's one, and then she main events. That's actually a smart idea. I can see that. I can see that. Bryce Edwards, why was Scott Hall never made a world champion? As far as I remember, he wasn't as Razor Ramon or just himself. No, he wasn't. I think a couple reasons. One, it was the era. 
Um, not everyone was world champ. They they protected the belts more, especially the world belt, and only you know a select few people won the title. If you would look at the rosters of uh, the eighties and nineties or you know seventies as well, it's filled with guys that if they were out today would be multiple time champions. There's no doubt. There's no doubt that Scott Hall, a racer, would be multiple time champ today. Um, you know, Rick Rude, which I know he had the he had that the weird run in WCW, but I mean he'd be multiple time champ, Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning. I know he's AW champ. Uh Ted DiBiase, like so many guys. But then you know, it just it just you didn't see title changes very often. So I think that's a big part of it. When you did start to see more in WCW is really when he had his, his a lot of his, his uh drug problems. So I think that probably kept him away from ever getting the world title in WCW. So I think he probably would have had a run in WCW. Danny Wagner, what in your collar would be most likely to pay for a video of Tessa Blanchard taking a shit? That's a very good question. Um, Dobbs thinks Swax. I could totally see that. Swax is a good call. I think Swax, Songman. Uh, they're probably the two up there. Maybe Taz of the Greek. I can see maybe Tazo. Uh, William Morey, if he was around. William Morey. Oh, that might be. That might have been who it was for. Dobbs, Dean, Mia. Are we still on the verge of World War III? I don't I don't know if that's one they'll bring back. I don't really think the three-ring battle royal was ever, like, really epic. It's weird. I'll see every once in a while that pop up on Facebook. People are like, World War Three is better than the Rumble. And it's like, no, it wasn't. Like, I, I get it. I love WCW2, and I think WWF. WWE gives them a bad rap in their videos and they didn't do shit, blah, blah, blah. But come on. They also did do a lot of shit and World War III was one of them and no way was any World War III ever as good as even the worst Royal Rumbles. It's just not. Dobbs, does Intra think he has a chance to win the Impact Championship now that a woman has it? I have a theory on this. I would say no because if you pay attention – the fight that into the last fight that Intra lost was to a woman, so that might be his kryptonite. B. Finkton says, I want to see Intra clobber a bitch. Whoa. Boom. Uh, Asian sensation here in the chair says that he's half Asian but half Chinese. I don't I don't get I don't get it. Uh, Jonathan Jackson, when is Inter getting a rematch or takedown Jack? Bring it on, bitch. I'm under 200 pounds for the first time in, in 30 years, over 30 years since I was like 12. So I have a question for the Headyverse. Is me being almost un- nearly 150 pounds lighter, is that an advan- advantage or a disadvantage? So would a heavier Jack had a better chance to beat Inter or would a lighter, faster, healthier Jack have a better chance to beat Inter? question out there ah dobbs which woman in wrestling would you most likely to would you most like to have sex with it was a a live morgan it's weird i feel like a total loser saying well now but the thing is i don't i i do think the makeover made her seem like just a typical fake looking blonde so it's it's taking her down a peg in my book i think lana's not as attractive as she used to be uh, I like I like I like Paige. Paige is pretty hot. She takes it up the ass. Um, plays a plus. Um, let's see here. Let me go to the roster. 
go to the roster here. WWE.com superstars. You just look at women. Well, Bailey has a nice ass, but um, I mean, Mike Terry might get mad if I say Oscar, but she's she's up there. Ripley's too tall for me. Um, with Tyler's still pretty hot, but I do th- I do think they've uh, taken away her uh, specialness. Uh, I don't know. We'll go with Liv Tyler for for the moment. Oh, it's uh, Mandy. Mandy Rose is gonna be up there. Uh, now, why am I taking this this question so serious? I don't know, but I'm trying to answer for all the uh, fans out there. Uh, that bunny's pretty good looking on AEW. Uh, yeah, let's just go with Liv for now. I wish it would have been Liv Morgan, though, bef- uh, the, the pre, uh, pre-makeover pre Liv Morgan. That would have been an easy call. All right. So scrolling through here. Don't mind me. All right. All right. Let's see here. Where are we? Alub, should AEW trademark the slogan where the big boys play? Well, I am for trademarking stuff because it makes me laugh. But no, um, nah. I think it's kind of a an old title and it doesn't really fit uh, AEW. Alub, should Kevin Sullivan wrestle match with Benoit's son? That's a money idea. I, I like it. Wrestling is lowbrow, and I say I say exploit it. Marty Van Buren did the Netflix series Castlevania live up to interest standards for the Belmont Legacy. I don't believe it did. I, I think he like liked it, but I don't think it I don't think it really captured uh, his uh, what he what he expected it to be. Uh, Jack has confused Liv Morgan with Liv Tyler. I don't believe I did. Uh, I I don't know if it was Liv Tyler or not, but I met um Stephen Tyler's daughter, but she was really young at the time, like a kid. So I don't I don't think Liv is uh Liv uh I don't think she's that you much younger than me. No, she's she's only a year younger than me, so it couldn't have been her. But I know I've told the story before, but what the hell? I was, uh, I was either 18, I was between 17 and 19. I was either like, uh, either like a senior in high school or I just graduated. And, um, it was near Christmas and, uh, it was me, Joe, no, I don't think Joe was there. It was me and Brian Campbell. You know, we're going to Toys R Us. It was just before close. It was like five minutes before close, but we're just going to run a look around there quick before we went home. And, um, and here there was a guy running around <coughs> with a, he looked like a real goof. He was like super skinny and was dressed in like leopard print. And he's like playing grab ass with some woman there running around giggling. And there was a little young, very young girl, probably six or seven up at, uh, the front. 
And so she was trying to get something. And I asked if she needed me to read something. I went to get it for her. And he came running up and just grabbed her and just looked at me like going to kill me. Here it was uh, Steven Tyler. And I, I assume that was his daughter. Either his daughter, maybe the girl's daughter. I don't know. But And then my brother's like, Brian, you know who that is? I'm like, yeah, let's just get out of here. Because he really looked like he just wanted to murder me. And we were leaving. Um, I believe the rest. I don't know if they were the band, but I think they were the rest of the band. Someone, was, a bunch of people were coming in. I, I assume they opened the uh, Toys R Us after their closing to uh, to let uh, to let them shop. Uh, let's see here, Marty Van Buren. Poop audio becoming now mainstream. Would you consider transitioning to audio poopers if proven lucrative? Um, I don't believe I would. Uh, I like to, I like what we're doing. So I would say no. Now I can't speak for Incher. Could Incher go? Maybe Incher would. I don't know. Maybe Incher would just start farting and pooping. I think he might have, he might have a good career in that. You know, if the uh, market's there, cause he is, uh, you know, he likes to use the restroom. So I don't know this, this might, this might be his calling. I don't know. Oh, if you were going to give your co-host a pile driver on the outside, would you pull back the mats? Well, if I was giving Juju be pile driver, it'd be a totally different pile driver than I'd be giving Insurer Clinton, if you know what I'm saying. By the way, pile drivers, what's with everyone doing the uh, Canadian Destroyer everywhere? I saw a little clip of the Tessa match, and she did like two of them in a row. It wasn't even... The finish. He did like two of them and then did another move. And then like they do them all the time now in AEW. And I like AEW and stuff, but it's weird that the Canadian Destroyer is just like a suplex now. It's like everyone's doing multiples of them. Owl, did WWE accurately portray a fist fight? Uh, I mean, I wasn't against this idea. It's just like a brawl. I think it's kind of dumb when you have like these three brawlers, especially the giant big show that they lose to, to Seth Rollins. But I understand they cheat and stuff, but I don't know. They couldn't, they, I know the, the rules where they had to beat all three guys, but uh, I think it was a big mistake. That big show in that one. Um, Dobbs, who's winning the rumble this year. That's an interesting question. My guess is, Someone not in the company right now, because that's how they're going to put the belt on. Their debut match will be in the Rumble, and they win the belt from Brock Lesnar. Who that is, I'm not sure. It might not even be like an active wrestler. Or maybe it's like uh, some MMA guy or something. Maybe maybe Shaq. Shaquille O'Neal enters the Rumble. This is my, okay. I'm going to go on a limb. Shaquille O'Neal enters the Rumble and beats Brock Lesnar and becomes WWF WWE World Champion. That's my prediction. Making it here now. No one else has thought of this. Oh, do you think Vince is jealous that Trump got more Saudi blood money than he did? I think anytime someone gets more money than Trump, he would, he'd probably be jealous. Steven from Butler. Would you knock on Alistair Black's door, please? Is that like a euphemism or would I just literally knock on his door? I'm not. I'm not going to fight the man. I'm not. I don't think I'm beating everyone's ass. Oh, would you bang RVD's woman? She's kind of rough looking. I got to say, not rough looking for me. Jonathan Jackson, would you bang RVD's woman using RVD's moves? So would I do like the five star frog splash on her? Interesting. 
Interesting. Van Terminator. Do you think he does that in the bed? He just like he jumps from one ring post to the other. Just plants his dong in her. No, it's interesting. If we get him back on, uh, we'll ask him these questions. Uh, I have not seen this. I saw a little bit of it on um, on her Facebook page, but she looked pretty hard, pretty rough. But what the hell? Ah, uh, let's see. <clears throat> hey, Jack, it's El Solitario. Uh, sorry I couldn't fill out the awards at the time, but I did want to mention my best moment of 2019. The best moment of 2019 was hearing YouTube banner. Back and forth and providing laughs and entertainment. I've been listening since 2009, and I'm very happy when the show shows up on my podcast feed. Thank you, and thank the Inchman for providing amazing shows all these years. P.S. I live in the Los Angeles area. Let me know when you come back. We can go and have some amazing hole-in-the-wall Mexican food. Sounds good. Sounds good, my man. All these people pop up after I get back from L.A. Like, hey, why don't we hang out? It's like, well, I gave you notice. Not yelling at you, but that's the way it is. Where the fuck am I? Alope thoughts like Ken Jennings winning the greatest of all time trophy on Jeopardy. Right on. I don't. I honestly have never seen Ken Jennings. If I have, I don't know who he is. I mean, I know the name, but I don't. I couldn't pick him out of the lineup. Alope, are you happy to know that Sergeant Slaughter is in is in character twenty four seven, even when he's doing interviews talking about the creation of the character Sergeant Slaughter? Yeah. So there's a couple things here. Do I care so much that he said he was in the army? No. But th- when I start to think about it, and he has gone on record saying that he served in Vietnam and he never was in the military, I do think that's kind of shady. I got to admit. I got to admit. And then uh, as what I was uh, referring to, there's fans like, oh, well, you know, Duke the Dro- Duke Dumpster Drozzy wasn't a, wasn't a, you know, uh, didn't drive a dump truck. And the IRS didn't work for the internal revenue system. And uh, Jacques Rougeau wasn't a Mountie. Blah, blah. But they didn't do interviews as themselves talking about their character where they said they did these things. And if he did say it was a, a uh, you know, a, a dumpster or whatever, uh, not an actual dumpster, but if he, he drove a dump truck, whatever, uh, when he's talking about actually serving in the military, and actually being stationed in, you know, Nam, like it, let's let's put this in perspective. If someone else did that who wasn't a wrestler, you would you would think they were a piece of shit. I mean, it's just the way it is. So uh, it, it is a different thing. Am I saying I hate Sergeant Slaughter? No, but I see why. Um, I see. I can see why it's a big deal to a lot of people, and I don't think it should just be like you're an idiot if you think, you know, this isn't right. So I think that's all the questions here. Does anyone else have questions in the Facebook page? Ah, uh, see, Steve and simply ravishing Carol. What was the best and worst thing about being in Hollywood? Uh, well, the best thing really is making the movie. Uh, I got to see a lot of things. Michael, Sophia, great. Uh, let me stay at the stay at their home. Um, took me to a lot of the um, 
the big uh, movie theaters in the area show a lot of old independent stuff. I really like being at the New Beverly, Quentin Tarantino's uh, hotel, uh, hotel, Quentin Tarantino's um, movie theater, uh, making the movie and uh, bonding with the with the cast. Being my first movie, it was it was nice. Uh, everyone made me feel like part of the show. It was good. Uh, the worst part: there's a lot of poop. No, I really wasn't many negatives to be in there. Uh, did you prefer the one man gang or Akeem? Now I do love Akeem and he has a soft spot in my heart, but one man gang for sure was a better gimmick. And, uh, I can't, uh, can't dislike the game. Love the one man gang. All right, guys. Well, I hate to do a short show here, but I've been here for about an hour and 20 minutes, but I mean, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, uh, log off here soon. I want to thank the Headyverse. I love y'all. Everyone here in the chat. It's been fun. Steven from Toronto. Alonzo Wolb. Mr. Alulb. Sandman. Vic Schiavone. Java is dead. The Vasion Sensation. And, of course, the one and only Gogo13, one of the original uh, Headyverse members. And uh, tons of people who uh, are listening to the show all around. All around. Yeah, see Clinton here, Clinton Williams. He's posted on Facebook, but apparently he just couldn't do the show. Too busy, but not too busy to uh, post on the Facebook, apparently. Huh. There you go. There you go. The black sheep of the show. Jackie Jones. So Marty Skrull, before I get out of here, let's say it's kinda I'm kinda upset about this. Now Marty Skrull decided to stay in uh, Ring of Honor. So they made him, um, made him a booker, probably gave him some big money. So I get, I understand that. But as a fan, I really wanted to see him. I really want to see him in AEW, or at least the wrestling I watch. Um, not as a fan, as his personal thing. I mean, I don't even know if this is smart. I mean, is there really an upside to staying with Ring of Honor? It kind of seems like they're... Just treading water, not even treading water, kind of like going downhill where I don't know how much longer they'll be. Does this hurt? Does this hurt your career? Let's say you stay here a year or two and you're in a dying company. Does this hurt your chances when, when you're done? I don't know. You only have a certain amount of time in wrestling, especially at this uh, level these guys work at, to make your mark. You know, I don't know all the details of what people offered him, but I think in this t- this day and age, they probably offered him big stuff. But again, I don't know. And I don't know what the man needs. I don't know what the man's doing financially and stuff. So, you know, w- without all that knowledge, who knows? But my gut is I don't think he should have uh, should have stayed in Ring of Honor. But what do I know? The fuck do I know? I'm not anywhere. All righty. So I think it's a time to get out of here. I want to thank all of you. It's been a lot of fun. I'll be back uh, in uh, February. I'm sure Incher and well, I'm not even sure, but they they'll probably be here. I'm sure Incher and Juju B and Clinton or one of the two of the three or whatever will probably be doing uh, shows at some point here in my absence and uh, and thank them for keeping my seat warm and entertaining all of the Hediverse. Until I return. Sorry I didn't take any calls tonight, but I do have to get up early. 
and uh, I got a lot of stuff to do. I got the pack. I'm leaving a week from tomorrow. Texas, a lot of stuff going on here, and uh, it's all good stuff, though. So until next week, this will listen in your head. I'll be back in February. Also, if you're into horror movies, you can check out Without Your Head. I'll be live uh, this um, Thursday. Be pretty uh, sweet show. I'll have uh, the directors of Scream Queen, which is uh, a documentary about Mark Patton. And you can listen to Mark Patton himself last week on the show. And also Judy Matheson, who is uh, a legendary actress from the Hammer Horror Films. Straight going back to the 60s and 70s. It's going to be a pretty amazing interview. So I would definitely uh, check that out. All right. Oh, so I think I'll have another guest. But anyway, check out withoutyourhead.com if you're into that. Uh, Inside Your Head is another show I do. I haven't done an interview for a little while there just because I've been busy. But uh, all the stuff that doesn't fit into wrestling and horror, all that stuff goes in there. After uh, things settle down, I'd like to have a website up that everything is in one place and we can all go there and check out all that stuff. But anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Thanks. And thanks, Aoub, for sending me a lot of... Um, a lot of news to talk about on the show. It's a good man. He can lay off the intro a little bit. He can lighten up on the inch man. But uh, but I think he's a good dude. I think he's a valuable part of the Hideverse. Alrighty. I'll see you. I have a birthday coming up. Um, like a month. Month and five days. So you can send me stuff. I'll appreciate it. Right. God night. God bless.
in bloody games of war, yeah. Big Blue made a quick demise for looking childish and lame. Mesh reigns supreme in all our lives. It's the final cage down. The final cage down. The final cage down. The final cage down.